Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in. I would love to tell you that we're going to talk about uh, Clayton Kershaw's jammy pitch last night at Dodger Stadium because that's what Jason Stewart and John Ramos want me to talk about. I won't. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not doing it because, you know, Byers a Brewer fan and to, to rub it in, the Brewers came in red hot and have lost the first two at the ravine. No, 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 no. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, I just think I, the, 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 cross, the amount of crossover in this Michael Orr story is amazing. Right. Because there's all the elements to what makes a a story kind of explode and go from, hey, it's a sports story to a mainstream story to one that people are discussing all week. And I think throughout the weekend and um, maybe it's one that that changes how we look at these kind of Disney movies, if you will, or the the, the Disney ending to it. Um, There's elements of race there's the south there's football there's success there's a whole lot of money and there's claims of you know from early this week michael orr saying look he was exploited and that the family that didn't adopt him officially but brought him in and then had his conservatorship used that name image likeness his story to capitalize on it with a book and a movie about his story and of course since we've seen the family push back now the family wants to end the conservatorship and they've said hey nothing could be further from the truth in regards to how much money you think we got then there's michael lewis who is the friend of sean tui sean tui is the father figure in this Um, and michael lewis of course um wrote the book and then the book was made into a movie and he said quote What I feel really sad about is I watched the whole thing up close. They showered him with resources and love that he's suspicious of them is breathtaking. The state of mind and one has to be in to do that. I feel sad for everybody should be mad at the Hollywood studio system. Michael Orr should be should join the writer's strike. It's outrageous how Hollywood's accounting works, but the money is not in the Tui's pockets. Okay, so we started this with the show and I think it's just a great discussion. Um. 
Dan, you said you've done a 180. Monday when you saw the story, you were like, these people are awful. Uh, now, what? Now you think that he's yeah. he's what? Um, I, I I side with the twoies in this. I believe their story, and I think that Michael Orr is just trying uh, to get money that he thinks uh, is there. Whether it's there or not, um, I, I don't feel that the the twoies plan in all of this was to have a blockbuster movie so they could make millions upon millions of dollars and then keep it from Michael Orr. I don't believe that that was the case. And I, I just, I, I, he has a book out. I know he's been making the rounds on media, doing interviews on TV, doing interviews on radio. I don't know if that's part of it as well, but it just seemed like a contrived attempt to get money one way or another. I think it's, I think money is a factor. And I would guess, and uh, was it Rich Ornberger, you said, Jay Stu, who sat in, sat in for me? Yeah, earlier this week on the network, he said that uh, one of the reasons he thinks this is sad is because it looks like or seems like Michael Orr has gone through the money he made. And I think we looked at it, and it was like $39 million over like a seven- or eight-year career. Who knows how much goes to agents and taxes and whatnot. But, um, again, that that's what... Ornberger had said that's a, a sad part of this if he has gone through all of his money. Have you guys ever signed or been a part of a bad financial deal? I wish I could say I made enough money to be a part of a bad financial deal. It all can be to scale, right? It all can be to scale. Um, I'm just wondering, or if did you pass on a deal that, you know, it's like I... I <laughs> Three years ago, I was looking at at places to live and, um, you know, I had the chance to buy and I decided to rent and just trying to see, you know, what, what was what was up. And the one I was actually under contract with the place. And I pulled out because I wasn't really secure, feeling secure financially. And, you know, now that place is worth you know, seven figures more than it was worth three years ago because of what the market's done. And now you're kind of priced out of even getting back into that exact same space. So, I mean, that, that's just the housing. I mean, I can tell you it's happened to me. I, I told the story, I think yesterday where I, I remember in 2013, I had, it was the first time I had moved to Southern California from Connecticut and I'm from here, but uh, you know, I was like, I was fascinated with Tesla and I was, we had a, I had a family vacation and we were up, in the Pismo Beach area, and I had a buddy up there, Michael Weintraub, who he does a lot of like, he's, he's a mover and a shaker, he's owned a men's store, but he also like buys and sells cars. He had a buddy who was selling a Tesla, and I was like, I'd, I'd love to just drive it. So I, we went out to this guy's house, and the guy's suggestion was, look, buy the car, and oh yeah, by the way, buy like $10,000 in Tesla stock, and finance the car, and you know, two years in, you'll be able to pay off the car with the Tesla stock. So I called my financial guy and he was like, you know, it's an energy stock. It's like at 93. I don't know. I, I just, I just pass. And so I, I didn't buy it and didn't buy the car and like forever kick myself. I, I say that because, you know, you live long enough, however much money you have, you're going to have some sort of regret over passing on financial deals or taking deals that end up being bad deals. You know, everybody's bought a car that you're like, I cannot believe I bought this car. Now I'm underwater in this car. How do I get out of this car, et cetera. Uh, the budget things you can you can think of. 
Or you buy something and then like a week later it's on massive sale. You're like, oh, I can't believe I did that. But it's how you handle it. I feel like Orr's, Orr's career didn't work out the way he wanted. He's never been comfortable with how this story is told, right? Because the story, you can perceive it as he's, he's, the story's told us he's dumb. I didn't think it, it told the story of some being, someone being dumb. I actually thought it championed the fact that there was this inner intelligence and, and unbelievable protector inside of him. It just took football and resources and parenting in order to bring it out of him. But I think it's the way in which he believes he was portrayed. And then you look down, you're like, wait, the movie, how many times are like, dude, how much money did you make from that book? How much money did you make from that movie? He's like, I made 14 grand. You made what? And it just builds up and up and over time. And this is the lashing out of all the things that are buried. I don't know, Dan, is that, is that a crazy way to look at it? No, I don't think it's... It's crazy. I, you know, the, you mentioned like the the bad business sort of deals that that you have. Um, the the problem with that is like I just I get where Michael Orr is on this is his story, but I also feel like you know there's if there's a bad business deal, you kind of just have to suck it up and move on. You're not owed anything. You you know you would love to figure out a way to recoup it and. If it happens, great. But that's where I just feel like, you know, he's he's searching for something, and where else can I look? Oh, look, I was a, you know the focal point of of this endeavor, and this this is my story, and now he needs it, and now he feels like he's owed something because it's in need. Usually, like in a business deal, maybe an investment or whatever, it's it's just a, just a bad deal, and you have to move on with it. You can't dwell on it, and I just it's the only thing I just I don't think that that's this for Michael Orr. Maybe Michael Orr needs to do that. Has, I, I do think that one thing that continues to jump out at me is that we have learned nothing in the media. And I, when I say we, I don't include you, Dan. And I'm not going to include me because I thought I was, and Jay Stu, you, you are with me. You can, you can tell me if I'm lying. You can tell people if I'm lying. I thought I was very balanced. Like it did not look good, but it's a lawsuit and if you read one side to almost any lawsuit, it's going to be highly favorable in terms of whoever the plaintiff is in the lawsuit. Let's just wait till kind of all the facts come out. But I mean, how many media members, people that we respect uh, and some that we don't have come out and been wildly critical of the two before any of one, their response or two, the facts are actually in. I was privately you know, like in my mind. I had my opinion, as I told you. As soon you know when I heard that's the allegations, that's okay. But yeah. you still like like uh, okay. I'm I, I I gotta. It's 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 a whole different thing to just basically put out there. Uh, these guys, these people are pieces of crap. Because it's really easy to do. Yeah. Because it did yep. look like that. Uh, just being honest. But I, I think the fact that you didn't showed balance, whereas others, just the first time they saw something, they just went all in on it because there's this assumption that. I, there's an assumption that rich white person exploits poor black person. That's that's the assumption. And unfortunately, it has happened. I think it feels like fortunately in this place. That's not the case. And um, obviously, there's going to be some receipts in it. And we'll find out what the reality is. But I think people uh, here's my, my, my I, I think people want to believe the worst in people um, na- nowadays more so want to believe in the best in people. Yeah, I think that's fair. 
I also think, Doug, when you look at it, and and I felt this way in over the last couple of days, if if the Tui family was the, the evil money grabbing family that that some believe you know that they are, or maybe some initially thought, wouldn't it have been Michael Orr's playing career where you thought that they could make the money? You know what I mean? Like where they thought that he could be an NFL player and because he's going to be an NFL star, they're going to reap the benefits outside of what this movie was. To me, that's a much more smaller leap to to judgment than anything than to think again that this movie was going to gross three million three hundred million dollars and become this you know nationwide hit that people are still talking about 15 20 years you know after it was released like that to me is is the part of it where like you could be like okay well maybe they just tried to bring him in because he thought he'd make it to the NFL someday um, that doesn't seem to be the case. No, I don't. I don't think that's the case. But I, th- I think what happens is we project so many of our own feelings onto stories and a reaction to the stories, right? We project these things, and uh, I think a lot of people would have had that thought. You know, here you bring in this gigantic young man who, um, hey, like, why, why can't he be an athlete? Oh my gosh, we can, because I think that's how some people's brains work. Um, I think in this particular case that I don't think appeared to be the case. They found him the perfect sport and the perfect outlet for, I'm sure, his anger at the time. And it ended up being incredibly profitable. Unfortunately, man, this is a hard one. This is a hard genie to put back in the bottle. I I, like we both said to start the show that you can make amends. But, man, that's going to be hard. It's just it'll take a lot of work. You know, to kind of talk through like, well, here's what I was thinking. Here's what I was doing. But right now is not the time, I think, to make amends and feel like they're all going to be happy and kumbaya. By the way, again, the update is that the Tui family has said they want to end the conservatorship as soon as possible. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, everybody. Game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, Okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Doug Gottlieb and the boys. Dan Byer in for Dan Patrick. The Danettes, Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. Dan, what's your opinion of Tua Tungavailoa? Good quarterback. Want to see if he can stay healthy and take that next step this season. Good quarterback meaning what? Uh, good quarterback. Uh, more than serviceable. Can make plays. A solid quarterback. I wouldn't say great. I'm a part of an offense that seems to be high-octane that he can uh, be a part of. Uh, maybe others could do it uh, a little bit better, but uh, I'm fine with him in that in that offense. Um, I would say I, I, li- I like Tua. Um, I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I don't know where you stand on that. I think um, it's interesting that so much of it's based upon expectations, right? Because there was the tanking for Tua, because we were told he was a football savant intellectually. He just had great feel because of the touchdown throw he made, you know, when he came off the bench in the national championship game, the expectations were this guy is a star and I think he's good. I think he's fine. Um, I, I definitely think he's a miss in, in comparison to others like Justin Herbert, who was drafted behind him, but I, that doesn't mean he stinks, right? There's just a, a difference between the two. And I do think that staying healthy is a massive part of the discussion. He's gotten hurt every year that he's played going back to college. So we're left with, okay, he doesn't have great arm strength. He's more than serviceable. He's got a really talented crew around him and it feels like he's on a well-coached team. I'm interested to see if he can stay healthy for 17 games and in the playoffs and what that actually looks like. So he was, I think he was trying to prove how hard playing the position was when two days ago he said this to reporters. I I can give you guys a play, and then if you guys want to repeat it after me, as if you guys were in the huddle, you guys can. All right. 
Should I go once or twice saying it? Once. Once? All right. We got Northright, Clamp, South Fox, H-Top, Pass 38, Top, Gumby, XP, Sweat. Let's go. Anyone? I got Northright. I'm coming to Clamp. I got Northright. Sounds like a false start. Yeah, sounds like a pre-snap penalty to me. Oh, my gosh. Now, look, I, I it's fun, and the reporters played along, and it does – it does explain to people who are laymen just how hard it is to get a play in and, and the complexity of it. But I, this, and maybe this is a side argument to some people. To me, it's the main argument. We've done this with name the quarterback, and you say, well, he can't throw. Well, no one's saying he can't physically throw a football. I mean, maybe Tim Tebow struggled to physically throw a football, throw a spiral, with the exception of, you know, one in route, eight yard in route in the playoffs against the Steelers. But it's not that you can't throw. It's that in comparison to the 15, 20 best throwers of the football in the world, you're not on that level. And I'm not saying that Tua isn't, but when we say Tua doesn't have a strong arm, to me and you, he's got an incredible arm. But compared to Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and to Aaron Rodgers and to Pat Mahomes and to Deshaun Watson and to Matt Stafford and to like you kind of go through <laughs> yes. this like yeah. it's not really close. And so th- this is the kind of classic. Oh, well, you think it's so easy? You could do it. like no one's saying that we can do it. We're saying that in comparison to others, like th- no one said you like no one's called him dumb. No one's thought he's not intelligent or he doesn't get the plays in. It's merely can you get out of the way? When you get hit, can you learn how to fall? And, oh, yeah, by the way, can, can you overcome the lack of arm strength with anticipatory throws that throw guys open? And I feel like he's moving. He's completely changing the argument, kind of cleverly so, to make it about how hard it is to actually do what he does. Which has been done by quarterbacks for how many years? On how, like, there isn't an NFL team. Now, I know, like, John Gruden's playbooks, like, were pretty – pretty ridiculous for the amount of verbiage but there isn't an nfl team that has a play that says go deep right like like it's it's not you got a mixture of names numbers letters that you know tell you protection tell you routes tell you a whole bunch of different things so it's not only Tua doing this it's the other 31 quarterbacks in the nfl their backups and this has been going on for however long it's been happening in the NFL. And if you just want to take the recent times, Doug, because maybe more complex offenses, still about the last 20 or 30 years, this stuff has been going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, look, it's, it's clever, but it's kind of a bait and switch. You know, it's, a, oh, you don't think I'm that good at quarterback? Well, you try and get this play in. Like, yet yeah, nobody, that's not my, you know, I could do the, I, I could, the, here's, here's the, see if this analogy works for you, Dan. It's like, all right, you want to be a radio? Like, somebody's criticizing. Gottlieb stinks. And you'll see it, by the way, anytime somebody fills in in national radio. And I've done this for years, right? From uh, filling in for Mike and Mike to filling in for Cowherd to filling in for Dan, you know, across two different networks. It's, you always stink. Everybody stinks. Um, but the, the problem with it is if I were to say, oh, you think I stink? Yeah, well, okay, you lay out a tease you have to have these reads you got a read coming in you got a read going out you know you got to come up with six to seven minutes of content you you know you got like that's not what anyone said they just are not entertained in comparison to dan or colin or whomever else right but if i were to 
if I were to pull this off, I would go like, oh, you think it's so easy? Yo, fine. You do the tease, okay? You get you you got to talk for six to seven minutes. You got to figure out the breeds. You know, you got to understand how to work with a producer, how to work with a co-host. You got to, you, like, no one said that, dude. We're just saying we're not entertained to the level of other people. Does that analogy make sense? Yeah, I think it could go a lot of different ways. Caller calling in. They've heard your one point, and they've got their piece to counteract it. But what about the other 58 minutes of the, the hour? You know, how would, how would that be carried? I mean, uh, let's, br- let's bring in John Middlecoff, uh, of course, NFL analyst. You can hear him on – he's a prolific pro- podcast. He's got the golf podcast going low, but, of course, he's most known for his three-and-out podcast. Uh, John, w- welcome in. Um, Tua doing the here's how hard it is to call a play – doesn't that take us away from, like, we just want to know if he can stay healthy and if his arm strength is good enough, you know, to be productive with a super talented roster around him? Sorry, I missed the quarterback you said at the, at the, at the front end. Tua. Yeah, I mean, I think it all gets back to, listen, I thought he was a little overvalued last year when he was having a success because I thought Tyreek Hill was just playing at a, I mean, at high level, if you've ever seen him play. But clearly, Tua proved that he could be a more than serviceable player. But I think anytime you have the injuries, it's not, it'd be one thing, right, if you just had bodily injuries, a lot of quarterbacks have. But when you get the concussions and the entire offseason was based on the taekwondo, avoiding hits, like this is not MMA in terms of you see things coming, right? You constantly get hit when you don't see things coming. Once the guy, there's no weight classes. I mean, think of the guys, the size of the men grabbing Tua. You can't control how you fall. That's by far the biggest question mark to me with Miami because clearly their defense is going to be better with Fangio. The offense has pieces. Offensive line definitely has some question marks, uh, a lot like the Jets, actually. But I, I just I, every time he goes down and lays there for a split second longer than hopping back up, I think we're all going to hold our breath. Is division title realistic for this Dolphins team because of maybe some of the the issues that we talk about, or, or is this sites just set on making a wild card and roll the dice from there? Yeah, I mean, I know football is a team game, but don't you have a hard time seeing a, a team with Tua beat out Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers to win a division? Yes, especially Josh Allen. I mean, they've been they've been what like thirteen wins, eleven wins, and thirteen wins. So they're basically averaging twelve and a half wins the last three seasons. I know we pick them apart, and rightfully so. I mean, the way they lost the last two years in the playoffs, two years ago, heartbreak, and last year they just got worked. But like until they kind of get KO'd, knocked off their perch, you know, it's, it's like the poor man's version right now of the Chiefs. It's it's hard to go against the Bills, though. So I, I, uh, I, I I'm picking the Jets, but every time I see the clip on Hard Knocks of Sala ripping into the offensive line, it definitely makes me question my pick. Uh, speaking of Salah ripping into the offensive line, how fixable is that? Yeah, my, my big takeaway just from that scene is like that represents the NFL in the sense of he's basically essentially telling all those guys, none of you are locked to play. None of you are locked to be in the, you know, on this team. We will replace you, whether that's by trade, whether that's by, you know, claiming a guy. Like we're not going down with you guys. If you guys suck. Now, we might go down because of the offensive line, but we will make changes. And in the NFL, you can't. Now, back to what you just asked, it's hard, right? I mean, most teams are not going to be cutting 
Trent Williams, Lane Johnson, and Jason Kelsey here in a couple weeks. But you can find guys that are fringe, serviceable starters that maybe fit your scheme and are better for you than other teams. The problem is, is, that, is if a guy is shown and, you know, like a practice squad level guy these last couple of years, and all of his tape is the preseason and he's definitely improved, let's say, this preseason relative to the last preseason, other teams see that too. And the Jets, right, they didn't just draft. And the claim order, once the cuts happen, is based on the draft order. Well, they drafted in the middle, right? They went 7-10, and 10, not 2-whatever, and whatever, 2-15. and 15. So it'd be hard for all these crappy teams to not probably claim the offensive linemen, the, the offensive linemen they may want. The one thing I thought during that scene is like, part of getting Aaron Rodgers, getting him to take a pay cut, signing Dalvin Cook, is them just saying, we'll do whatever. Like, could they trade? Is some disgruntled player maybe a third-round pick for a starting tackle or something? You know, I, I would say everything's on the table if that group keeps getting work. Because like Charlotte said, I mean, you guys are the group holding us back right now. How surprised are you at, at Kyle Shanahan's, I guess, unwillingness to uh... – to to ease up on Trey Lance, more comments in the media. We know, you know, some of the Jimmy G comments he made came back uh, to light last week. The back and forth because of the joint practices. But how surprised are you that it still seems to be full throttle on on, on the breakdown of, of of Trey Lance? Yeah, I mean, this, this is the NFL. I mean, this is the big leagues. This is the show. Like at this, at this point in time. I understand treating a rookie with kid gloves like this is going into year three. And I understand, you know, part of the people, and I don't know how these people still exist that think like Trey Lance is some untapped gem. Uh, I looked at Jimmy G's third season preseason numbers the other day because remember, he didn't play at all his first two years. And that year going into year three was the year Tom was suspended because of the footballs. Jimmy's preseason was outstanding. And then he was ready to roll in the regular season really good the first two games until he kind of got his shoulder dinged up, I think, against Miami. But this notion that, like, you got to play to get – like, no, you can improve in practice. Jimmy Garoppolo did under New England, who a lot like San Francisco, right? High-end team, winning, super high pressure, well-coached. Sometimes in any sport, probably in any competitive industry, you're just not good enough. And at this point in time, relative to the standard of the Niners, he's clearly not good enough. So I just think that they've they just don't have time. They had time last year. He got injured, and things change. And the other thing is this notion, and sometimes in 49er land, it's like he should, he should like demand a trade and start where? Like where is he starting? You look around the league, there's not a place in the league that he would start week one, right? Even the crappy teams, they all have young quarterbacks. You'd be like, well, Arizona. Well, Arizona has a $45 million quarterback just coming back off an injury. They're not trading for him. Atlanta, obviously Ritter might end up sinking, but it would take at least a little while for them to figure that out. So by midseason, but there's no place that he is. Like the one team that was really interested in him, I think around the draft timeline was the Vikings, but that was more like a, you know, their, their GM is the, is the wall street guy because they're not going to resign cousins. So it would have a little backup plan, a guy they could develop, and give them a potential, like, value play. But it's not like he's starting over Kirk Cousins if they, if they trade for him. So this notion that Trey Lance is getting screwed to me is pretty laughable at this point. Um, the Washington Commanders are interesting. Obviously, this was more last week, but I, I can't 
help but think it's still kind of bubbling up there. Uh, Eric Bieniemy had a reputation of being a guy who uh, could ruffle some feathers, right? There are times when Mahomes didn't seem to enjoy him. As a matter of fact, you go back uh, a year and a couple months ago, and there were some questions whether or not he would even come back to Kansas City, and ultimately they won a Super Bowl, right? Like, he wasn't going to yeah. be renewed. And, and they did let him walk for the exact same job in Washington. Um, ultimately, can it work when you have this sort of public uh, public dysfunction this early in the season? I think when your team is really talented, you can overcome stuff, even weirdness, at least in the short term, right? I mean, I remember being like in high school and that Laker team that all hated each other still made it to the finals. They, you have great players. I mean, there have been a lot of times in NFL history – star players, Brady had moments with, with Belichick where they still were winning a bunch of games and hosting playoff games. Now they might have lost to the Tennessee Titans, but things can get weird. Your talent can overcome. Is this team good enough? I mean, their quarterback room is Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. So if you told me that they had a top-ten quarterback with this roster, I'd be like, yeah, it's probably going to be really weird, but could they win ten games for sure? But my – and I kind of picked them – in the summer, before any of this information came out about that uh, clearly the coaching staff doesn't exactly get along and see eye to eye, uh, was like, you know, maybe this could be a team. They got a lot of talent. If they could just get some serviceable quarterback play. But then this comes out. Ron Rivera won't stop talking about, like, don't sleep on Jacoby Brissett. Like, Ron, we're sleeping on him. We've seen him play. And Sam Howell, I, I saw a headline yesterday, like, Ron Rivera has yet to name Sam Howell the quarterback. It's like, geez, Luis. I, I I think this team probably has a better chance of implosion. New owner, ton of pressure, right? This isn't even the enemy because one of the conversations has been like, uh, what if they brought in the enemy to be the next coach? Josh Harrison known the team. You think he's going to care about any of these guys? I think he'll fire every single person if they stink. And honestly, they could be competitive and still everyone get let go. That's usually what happens with a new owner. So, I, I think this just has disaster written all over it. Right call by the Colts to start Anthony Richardson week one? 100% because th- this is the thing with Trey Lance. The 49ers thought they could deal with a project, but when you're trying to win and you're one of the top five teams, you can't do it. But when, you, when you're not good, and I think all three teams that draft the quarterbacks are probably not going to be good. Who cares? Just let the guy sink or swim. Let him figure it out. Let him go through some adversity. Some of the great quarterbacks of our lifetime, right, sucked year one. Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman, you just kind of figure it out as time goes. Now, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to figure it out, but I'm a big believer, no matter what you do, that experience is key because through experience you usually hit some bumpy roads, especially a quarterback. So Anthony Richardson is an an all-time project, but one take today I had on the podcast is that Shane Sykin has a chance. If Anthony Richardson becomes a player, he's going to be talked about real quick, like some of the top young offense, the McVay-Shanahan crew, immediately. Right? He turned Jalen Hurts into a star. Now, Jalen, say what you want, had some flaws. I wasn't a huge fan coming out of college, but still started for Saban and Lincoln Riley. This guy, beside the Utah game, was kind of a borderline disaster. And if they, if they get make this guy into a player – we need to give, uh, as the kids would say, Shane Steichen all of his flowers. Speaking of Shane Steichen, he leaves Philadelphia. They lose their, they would lose Gannon to Arizona, 
and Steichen to Indy. And seven new starters, at least with the Eagles. What do the Eagles look like this last year? Most dominant team in football, but easier schedule in football. You lose both coordinators. What do they look like this year? I think there are a lot of like uh, just normal football fans that just can say, because I get this a lot from talking to people or in my DMs. Like, are, are we sure we haven't anointed Jalen too quickly? Right? Are, are, are we acting? Did, did we get a little too aggressive? He's just some lock superstar. Well, in 2022, he had a great season. Now, part of being a great player is doing it year in, year out, right? So is he a great player yet? Well, he's got to have to keep banging out seasons like that. What he did in the Super Bowl, outplaying Mahomes, like he's proven his high end is really good. Now, you know, Josh Allen for like three straight years had Dayball, who was a big-time coach. Once he kind of established himself, he was a credible NFL quarterback and had some consistency. The moment Jalen became had the great season, his coordinator left. So I, I think there's a ton of pressure on, uh, what's his name, Ben Johnson, the, the Utah former Utah quarterback, kind of bounced around. Now, I, I would imagine they're keeping the scheme very, very similar to what they've been doing. Jalen really benefits, and that Eagle offense benefits from just being really talented. I mean, they're stacked at every position that matters. And, you know, you and I have talked about this, Doug, over – you, you just bet on guys. Like, Jalen, like, his underrated characteristic is, like, he's really coachable. You know, I mean, this is a coach's kid who's just a worker. You usually, I would say, in the history of sports, especially like football and basketball, like, you kind of bet on those guys who are just their sport. They're a junkie for football or basketball. They love being pushed. They want to get better. But, I mean, this is the highest level. It's hard. Everyone starts gunning for you. All these coordinators – you know, kind of change the scheme on you. It, it, they're playing the Niners this year. They're playing Seattle this year. Uh, obviously, the Cowboys' defense is really good. I think the Giants are definitely going to be feisty. Remember last year, Washington beat them. So it's it's going to be like it, if you're a football nerd, I, I think watching Jalen just how he handles the big big spotlight that he's going to have on him now that he's a max player is it, going to be pretty fascinating. But one thing I've learned and just doing this for a living is you just usually bet on the guys who have proven that they're pretty talented and have the wiring upstairs. I also, yeah, I, I think that, that's, you bet on intelligence, right? Like the guys, yeah. can, they, they can kind of figure it out. And Jalen's obviously a very, very bright guy and better than anybody could have thought to this point. And we'll see if there is that next, next step. step. Uh, John Middlecoff, three and out is the podcast. Check it out in the volume podcast network. Thanks so much for joining us, John. See you, fellas. All right, with Dan Byer, I'm Doug Gottlieb. Coming up next on the Dan Patrick Show, you won't believe what happened in baseball yesterday. Maybe you will. You know why? That's baseball. It's next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. 
You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I, I didn't mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Dan Patrick Trollrose on here on Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb, Dan Beyer in for Dan and the Danettes. Um. We do something in the Doug Gottlieb Show daily, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific. That, uh, you know, there's an expression in baseball, like, well, that's baseball. It's, it's kind of like when, when, a, when a woman, girlfriend, significant other, daughter, whatever, when they have sort of bizarre, up and down, emotional behavior, and you're just like, women, Right? <laughs> women and we're we we know what you mean but we don't know what you mean because we these guys we don't really understand it sometimes right well in baseball if something doesn't make sense just I, I, how do you explain a guy who you know is normally a 220 hitter punching judy and now he's hitting 330 for the year <laughs> that's baseball it's time for that's baseball all right here's an example Cody Bellinger got a couple hits last night in the Cubs' dramatic come-from-behind win at Wrigley against the White Sox. How about this? Cody Bellinger improved his average to 327. He owns an OPS of 932, 18 home runs, 59 RBI. And by the way, he's almost single-handedly helped the resurgence, led to the resurgence of the Cubs this year. Bellinger is expected to cash in this offseason as a free agent. All of this after spending the last three years with the Dodgers looking lost at the plate, right? Like somebody get that dude a compass and a Thomas guide because he is lost. How do you explain that kind of turnaround? That's baseball. That's baseball. Okay, um, this one hits close to home. Angels left-hander Reed Detmers came six out short of pitching his second career no-hitter last night as the Angels beat the Rangers, took one game at least from the series, 
two, two nothing. Detmers threw a no-hitter last season. Did you know there's a list of Hall of Famers who never threw a no-hitter? I mean, the greatest pitcher of my lifetime is Pedro Martinez. Nope. Greg Maddox, Roger Clemens, Steve Carlton. How do you explain that Detmers has one, almost had a second, and they have none? That's baseball. That's baseball. And finally, the Dodgers won their 10th straight game last night, which shouldn't be surprising given their success in the month of August in recent years. L.A. is playing 800 ball in the last four years in August. 800. Want to know the record in those last four years? 78 and 20. How do you explain a team that plays that well in that month and, by the way, struggles a lot in October? That's baseball. That's baseball. All right. I'm told that Dan Beyer has some more uh, memorabilia items up for bid. What that, are they, is, that is true, Doug, and our game of the price is right. Right now, the Dodgers are so red hot, you couldn't even put a price on their winning streak. We've got some things that are maybe a little bit more affordable. Uh, again, that Doug Gottlieb autograph lanyard from NBA Con last month in Las Vegas, still available on eBay for $29.99. We did have an Aaron Rodgers item up for sale a bit earlier. The scoreboard, by the way, Doug, you lead three uh, with three points. John Ramos has two. Jason Stewart has one. One. Final three items here. We had an Aaron Rodgers autographed helmet worth just shy of $1,300. My question is, how much is an autographed Mark Sanchez Jets helmet on eBay? John Ramos, we'll start with you. $250. All right, Doug? $250 or, or $2.50? Yeah. <laughs> $250. Uh, I'm going to go half of that, buck twenty-five. All right, Jason Stewart? I'm going to go $2.50. All right. Nobody wins because I couldn't find one. There is not an Perfect. autographed <laughs> Jets helmet. Ah, I am on, sorry, dude. Mark Sanchez. We have done you so dirty. What if they would have what if they would have sold the helmet and then the the pants attached to the, to a, to the attached to it, right? The big, from, the, from the butt fumble. That's priceless, Doug. All right, what about an autographed Jordan Love camouflaged Packers mini helmet? This is on the heels of Rogers. What about an autographed Jordan Love camouflaged Packers mini helmet? Jason Stewart, your bid? Uh, let's see. 101. $101. 101. John Ramos? Uh, I'll say $50. And Doug? I'm going to go 102. Uh, Doug, you get this one. Your fourth one. $187.49. It could be yours. Okay, the final final item of this auction, even though Doug has won the game, an autographed Dallas Cowboys white mini helmet that's autographed by Johnny Manziel that also says bleep Jerry Jones on it. John Ramos, how much would you pay for this? Uh, $150. Buck 50, $150. All right, Doug. How much would I pay, or how much yes. is it, would it, would how it go much for? Online, yes. How much oh, is it going for? I'll go one hundred fifty-one. One fifty-one, and Jason Stewart. One fifty-two. It's Jason Stewart's because it can be yours with profanity and all for three hundred and twenty-five dollars. There it is. Our Price is Right auction of sports. We need to do a. We need to do a stay-at-home show uh, hierarchy at some point. 
right? Because Price is Right was part of it. I mean, I used to, I had cable as a kid, so you had Heathcliff and uh, uh, You Can't Do That on Television, and you had, uh, what else did you have? Yeah, a lot of stuff. All right, this is the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Thanks to the boys. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.